Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why Midway USA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Low budget live. Robert Earl Keane. Yes. It is almost time. Thursday, December 20th. That's right. The big guy is almost here. The guest that we're going to have today is also a big guy, but Mr. Santa Claus himself is almost here. Almost here. Five days away. And I hope, with all I got, that you kill it at Christmas like I have. That you absolutely blow your wife's mind. Because for me... I've sucked the last few Christmases. I've talked about this on the last couple podcasts, but if you watched Low Budget Live this past Sunday night, my lovely bride, the triple threat herself, was on there showing off that new bling, showing off the ring. That's right. I sprung for a good one. Best Christmas gift I've ever given. And uh, I'm not in the doghouse this year. Gave it to her early. Because she's like a child. She wanted her uh, gift early, so she got it. She got it. So Christmas at this house, triple threat. Triple threat. The triple threat is happy. Uh, hoping for some hot tub time. Triple threat hot tub time uh, during the Christmas break. Today was the last day of... Uh, for those of you that know my work with TH Marine, TH Marine is now closed until the first of the year. So I went down and, and had an awesome, uh, they had a Christmas party last night. Everybody was all dressed up at Top Golf in Huntsville. Suck at golf. Good at drinking. Really good at drinking. Suck at golf. So hung out, had some snacks, broke the fat ass challenge diet big time this week, but uh, weighed this morning, still down. Uh, lost another couple pounds since the last time I weighed. So we're good. But this week I've been at TH Marine in some meetings all week. There's just been powdered sugar on everything. Brownies, brittle, 
this is really the hardest time of year to to not be on the fat ass challenge or to be on the fat ass challenge. Uh, it's easy to be a fat ass this time of year for sure and uh, eat everything in sight. And then today they had uh, they catered in some amazing brisket and I ain't ever passing that up ever. So I got in on that brisket. Uh, so TH Marine wished everybody a Merry Christmas and now they're done until January 2nd. And uh, I won't be coming back. I won't be going back to Huntsville for quite a while. Got to go. Uh, Got to go down Texas way, boys and girls. That's right. Sam Rayburn, January fifth. We're almost there. Almost there. A uh, little bit of housekeeping before uh, before we get into this here. Um, make sure if you listen to this and you haven't subscribed to the YouTube subscribe to the YouTube. Also make sure you get on Instagram and look for all the yellow rods and a Eagle Claw Wright McGill Eagle uh, Skeet Reese rod giveaway. I'm giving away a rod a day since last Thursday, the 13th until the 25th. 12 rods. Giving away 12 on Facebook, 12 on Instagram. It's ridiculous. Um, I feel like a lot of people are confused though. You must be a YouTube subscriber to win because my YouTube page has went up a couple, you know, two or 300 likes, something like that subscribers, which I appreciate, but like 1800 people have liked the post about, um, the giveaway, the math doesn't add up. So make sure, make sure you are subscribed if you, uh, if you want to win, because it will definitely be checked before we uh, announce the winners on December 26th. Everybody likes free crap. Everybody likes free crap. Uh, Tag your buddies, do whatever. But get in there, get on that. Um, You know, like I said, I killed Christmas. I hope you are too. Um, Your days are, uh, you know, the end is near, ladies and gentlemen. The end is near. You need to make sure that your wife and your kiddos uh, are taken care of. Right now is the time. The time is now. So uh, got my crap over with. I got Marissa, um, you know, knocked it out of the park there. I think the kids are going to be super pumped, even though if you listened to Low Budget Live on Sunday night, China tried to ruin Christmas. They tried to ruin Christmas. I'm not going to tell the story again. You can go back and listen to the last episode of the podcast, but about halfway through it, China called my wife's phone. I decided it was a good idea to put them on the air. And they almost ruined Christmas. They almost ruined Christmas. So uh, go back and listen. It was really funny. A little teaser for you. But go back and listen. Um, it was It was just, <laughs> you can't make this crap up. You can't make our life up most of the time. You cannot. Um, you know what? Also, you, you can't make up how harmful ethanol is. In your outboard engine, your weed eater, your chainsaw, even in your truck. That may not be true, but you need to use it in your truck too, because ethanol sucks. Some of these trucks are supposedly made for it. But the best way to fight ethanol is StarTron. Low Budget Live always brought to you by StarTron. Low Budget Live, not so live this week, December 20th. And I got me, I'm very fortunate, right, in, in this life. Um in this life of crime. I'm very fortunate to know a lot of people that that were my heroes growing up. And and, and are still my heroes as an, an adult grown ass man. Um so fortunate. 
this this life has been uh it's been you know it ain't all roses it ain't ever always you know it ain't always been that way but i'm very fortunate you know and it was a few weeks ago i got to have brandon polnick on who is who i'm a fan of you know brandon's younger than me he wasn't one of those childhood heroes that i mentioned but you know i got to have um I've had Jimmy Houston on this very show before, before we started doing it as a podcast, and Roland Martin, that was really cool. Um, had Larry Nixon on here. Uh, some guys I'm going to try to get back on. But today, today, I got Mike Iaconelli. Low budget live, not so live, featuring Mike Iaconelli. I'm proud, very proud that I can pick up the phone and I can text a guy like Mike that I respect for his angling ability, his work ethic. He's an awesome family man, businessman, uh, entrepreneur. He may even be a dancer. I'm not sure. Uh, all around good damn dude. And uh, text him earlier this week, and I said, hey, I, I'm not going to be doing a low-budget live next week because of Christmas. Um, actually, may or may not be. That's still up in the air. We, we may do one. But I want to go into the Christmas holiday with a bang. Would you come on Low Budget Live? Would you call into Low Budget Live Not So Live? And he's going to. Here in just a few minutes, we're going to have Mike Iaconelli on. And I, and I couldn't be more excited. I got some stuff I want to ask him. But but Mike has been instrumental uh, to me in the fishing industry as far as um, watching someone. It's like Gerald Swindle to me. Watching someone work hard to get to where they are. And understanding that uh, it's not all given to you and that it's more than catching a bass. And Mike is, uh, he is one of the great stewards of this sport. He is one of the best educators in this sport, influencers, if you will, that has, uh, you know, that, that has brought a ton of youth into the sport in, in, the, in the last 15 years. And uh, and he continues to do so. And and Mike is uh, you know they kill it with Ike Live. Him and Brian the carpenter and and Pete and Dave and Eric. They're uh, obviously they're an inspiration for low budget live. I've been on there a time or two. Ike Live and uh, just really damn good people, man. And uh, so I'm super pumped to get to talk to Mike for a little bit. Gonna gonna ask Mike some stuff. Um, and and get him. Uh, Get him lined out for Christmas. Going to make sure that he has taken care of Becky for Christmas. Going to make sure of that. Because Becky don't pull any any punches, Miss Becky Iaconelli. And I feel like I need to make sure my boy's doing what he needs to do. You know? I need to make sure of that. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get him get him lined out for Christmas. And uh, just, just a good... Uh, Good feeling to have him on here today. Um, was really proud that he had the time to do this, and uh, hope you guys enjoy it. Um, fishing news this week, no surprise. Lots of things coming out. Um, MLF, uh, super sneaky bass organization, secret society, uh, announced another tournament. They're going to Lake Conroe, which you know neither bass or FLW is going to. So good for them. But I think they're. Uh, I think then they're coming to uh, Chickamauga. Is the rumor that I'm hearing before FLW? I, I don't get it. Um, I don't understand why these towns are with that program, and I don't understand why they're going to act like they're picking the greatest lakes when, you know, whatever. It's stupid. I'm about tired of talking about it. I, I think it's. 
I think the struggle is real. I think there are a lot of smart people over there working on it. And I said this before, but I think the struggle is, I think they're having a hard time booking lakes, but that's my personal opinion. Um, Boyd Duckett may beg to differ, but he's never been a guest on LBL and I would love to have Boyd to talk about it, but, uh, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. Another turn, and that's going to keep happening. They're going to they're going to be having it uh, before us. But I was talking to uh, hashtag name drop, hashtag name drop Jason Christie uh, yesterday. Bassmaster Elite Series Pro, former FLW Tour kick butt champion over there, and uh, now Bass Pro Tour. And he was telling me that you know we're talking about the strategy a little bit. And he said, you know, at Conrad, there's not a lot of little fish in there. And he said, dude, it ain't going to be one of those little weight deals. You're going to have to catch them. That's that's pretty cool. So I think their format, that'll be neat going to a lake with a bunch of big ones to see kind of how it uh, how it plays out over four days, you know. I'm excited to see it get rolling, um, you know, see how it all shakes out. But uh, so far, I'm not too uh, kosher with the, with the lakes that they're picking, especially after we've had our schedule out since July. But it's just, you know, it is what it is. It's. I'm not happy with it, but it's not a surprise either. I saw somebody tweeted that this morning. I can't believe it. That doesn't surprise me. They'd schedule it at the same time if they thought they could get away with it um, and still have a tournament. They want everybody to think it's the only game in town, but the problem is there have been two other games that have been in town a lot longer. And, uh, you know, and it uh, it's, it's whatever. It is what it is. Um, we'll see. I want to get Mike's opinion on it. Um, I know, I know a lot of these guys are cautiously optimistic and, uh, we'll ask Mike about MLF for sure. <laughs> we will ask Mikey about that in just a moment. So really the only fishing news, um, texting Mike now, um, texting him right now, going to get him on here in a couple minutes. So. The the thing is uh, with me, just signed a uh, a new sponsor, biggin, good one, awesome new supporter uh, for the Luke Duncan's Traveling Circus and the Luke Duncan Fishing World, and that's Atomic Transport out of Ch- Chattanooga, Tennessee, huge logistics and trucking company that actually uh, found their way to me through Waste Connections, one of my um, Awesome, awesome sponsors. It's in the waste industry and uh, waste disposal industry. Um, and got that deal done last week. So really excited about that, man. And uh, got the truck and boat wrapped last week. Got the Titan lifted up and jacked up. Got some vision wheels on that thing and uh, ready to go, man. Getting ready to go. Gonna uh, Got the boat broke in and uh, going to fish a little bit the next couple weeks and then January 5th, pack her up and, and move her on down to Rayburn. So everything's moving fast and everything is, uh, you know, it's crazy, but it's it's time. And I'm uh, going to spend the holidays kind of organizing my shop, organizing my tackle, uh, and and fishing some, getting getting used to the cold in case we face some brutal stuff. Here in Rayburn's really high. Been, been some buddies of mine out there pre-fishing this week. It's it's a little high in uh, uh you know, kind of up in the in the trees, not a little high, a lot high, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. Let's uh, let's call Mike Iconelli. Let's call Mike Iconelli right now. Right now. 
Let's get our dude on here. We'll make it happen. Hopefully. <laughs> dude, this is the most low-budget live thing ever. Right here. So great. Hi, this is Mike. I can't get to the phone right now. Leave your name, number, and a brief message, and I'll get back to you. Watch this. If it's an emergency, you can call Becky at five. Up. Can't let, I was going to leave a message, but we can't give you Becky's number. Can't uh, can't give you Becky's number. So we were going to leave Mike Iaconelli a voicemail. I talked it up so big, and it went to voicemail. Oh, oh no. Let's, let's call again. Right here. Let's go. As Mike would say, come on, let's go. We're going to try it again. Hello. Mike Iaconelli. Hi there. This is Luke Duncan with Low Budget Live. Luke, how you doing? <laughs> how are you, buddy? Good. Happy holidays. So happy holidays to you. So we're we're on. We're recording. This is low budget live, not so live. So this is very uh this is just me. It's it's totally creepy. I'm sitting at a desk talking to a microphone by myself, talking to you on the phone. I like it. It sounds way more technically advanced than I got. It, so it's like not. It. It's not because I tried to call you the first time and I and I didn't get you and I recorded that and that was the most low budget live thing that's ever happened. And I was going to leave you a voicemail but then you started leaving uh you started giving Becky's number so I dipped out. So so everybody wasn't calling Becky. That's awesome. She's going to get crank calls in the next month. People just breathing heavy, you know, doing the uh, Yeah. Uh, Awesome. Is your refrigerator running that kind of crap? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, so, dude, how have you been? First of all, I know life is crazy. You you have the craziest one of about just about anybody I know. Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't know about that. A, a lot of us run a crazy life. You know, it's it's if you're in this profession, you're a bit of a gypsy, regardless yes. of, of what you're doing. But uh, no, things are things are great. Things are great. It's been it was sort of a whirlwind year. Um, yes, but, indeed. Know, Looking back at it, I'm happy that I did it. There was some great stuff that came out of it. I had some good events. I had a decent competitive season. Um, and here's the good news, man. As I talk to you right now, this is probably the last, literally the last gig I've got from now until about the second week of January. So oh, I get a big break. That's rare there. for you, too. Yes, yes, big break coming. I'm happy. That that's me. I've got a break until uh, January 5th, and that's actually when I leave for Rayburn for the first tour event. We were starting really early down there in East Texas, yeah. but uh, I'd like to see it a little later than that, I think. Yeah. But uh, but I'm anxious to get the year started. It's just you know how it is, like starting that early, trying to get all your stuff, uh, you know, ducks in a row, boat and truck, and get everything broken in, and you know, it's it's kind of chaos, and you got sponsor stuff that you're trying to wrap up, but. Uh, Starting that early is is uh, is crazy, but it's good to have a break. Well, I've seen on 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 the IG as uh, Brian the Carpenter would say, because he's one of the cool kids. Uh, <laughs> I've seen you look like you've been home some, and you guys went on a big trip. Yes, so that's yes, rare for you to get to be at home. It's very nice. Yeah, we got a family vacation this year, which uh, which was great. Right around Thanksgiving, we had. Literally the entire family, Becky's mom and dad, my uncle and mom, all four kids. We had a 
amazing vacation in Grand Cayman. So that was that was a nice little break. That's awesome. And then I've been home even the last couple of weeks. I've still been running, but a lot of the stuff I've been doing uh, has been more more local. So you know, uh, fishing here in the Northeast. You know, obligations, sponsor obligations, just like all of us have to do this yeah. time of the year. But uh, it's nice to sleep in your own bed. It's a little different than being stuck in a hotel room. No doubt know? about it, dude. Well, I saw the Tackle Warehouse guys had been up there, and it looked like you guys did some uh, Susquehanna smallmouth fishing. We did. We did We did the two extremes. So it was, it was a neat two days of filming. You know, they've got this series called the V-Logs. Yeah. Uh, oh, and, yeah. And it's a, it's a really cool series. I follow them. I watch it a lot because I want to see the guys, what they're using and what they're doing. But we filmed one day on the mouth of the Susquehanna where it dumps into the Chesapeake Bay. So it's a tidal fishery there. Um, You know, the the tide changes about three or four feet every day, and it fishes uh, different. And then the second day we went to the headwaters of that system, which is the upper Susquehanna River um, above Harrisburg probably mile straight river miles you're probably talking about a little probably just a hair under 200 river miles north of where we filmed the first vlog oh wow and caught them a total different way so it was it was it was a neat two days man um really really it was proof and i i I hope can't wait people watch it i hope everybody watches it catching fish in 37 to 39 degree water and actually like catching them you know what i mean like yeah so it's crazy like i I just think, Luke, I think there's so many misconceptions of what fish do in cold water. I, I you know, agree. Yeah, I mean, people say, like, oh, they don't eat. They shut down. They don't feed for months at a time, weeks at a time. Man, I think the fish are way more aggressive and active under cold water than we give them credit for. I think man. so, too. I actually, yeah. it's funny you say that. I, I experienced that. So Monday, I went to Pickwick to break my boat in, and I ran like 60 miles round trip you know how you got to do you know put put yeah. time on it whatever and uh and i didn't get down there till late in the afternoon well they they had a high school tournament the weekend before and i was noticing like the weights were really good and they were catching a lot of smallmouth so of course i threw some rods in the boat but i didn't have long and i got to fish about 45 minutes but dude i found a stretch and and our river's really high right now the tennessee is floodgates are open ton yeah. of rain we're just getting pounded by rain and the current's running like 130,000 cubic feet per second, which is smoking. And, yeah. dude, I caught I caught smallmouth. The water's 46 to 47, and I caught them cranking uh, a, like a little DT6, or I throw a, uh, caught several on DT6, and then I've got another little six-cents crankbait. It's about the same size. They call the C6, actually. But I was winding them, dude, going against the current with the trolling motor, you know, so your bait's coming down natural, of course. You couldn't wind it fast enough, dude. And I'm talking wow. about just ripping it out of your hand. Got to get the pliers to get it out every time. It's no, crazy. you know it's a, it's great. But I actually was telling a buddy about that about that earlier. I'm like, dude, you wouldn't believe how aggressive that. It really surprised me. It was almost how I catch them in November, you know, in that like mid fifties yeah. water yeah. temperature range. But dude, man, and like two feet deep, the the currents got them pushed up there shallow. The water's kind of dirty, yeah. dude. They're feeding. It's crazy. Wow. That's, yeah, that's cool. Were they were they on bluffs or no? On uh, actually like chunk rock banks. Yeah, like chunk rock. Yeah, chunk yeah. rock like main current. They they get on the bluffs right now really good, but um, there's something about when that water comes up like that, dude. There's just you know there's just certain stretches that they'll kind of yeah. move up on like that. But it's normally like yeah. I said, it's normally like a November thing, but. They're on them right now, and uh, I'm going to go get another dose of that tomorrow. <laughs> I would, too. Yeah. That sounds I, awesome. I don't have to break the boat in. So uh, I saw you guys have uh, released the the Ike, the micro jig. 
Yes. And uh, I saw that in a post from the Susquehanna. Um, you want to talk about that, dude, as far as winter fishing? I, I know a lot of guys, like you said, there's a misconception. I mean, do you feel like downsizing like that is is a major thing when the water's that cold? Or does I, it just kind of depend you, on your where you're fishing and, and maybe the, the forage base? I, yeah, absolutely. The second part you just said, I think, is is more correct. Uh, you know, to me, it's it's forage is probably number one and 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 size and color. You know, that old match the hatch. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm so uh, I'm always focused on that. I think yep. that's one of the reasons that thing is so good. And then the other one is just when the fishing is tough. You know, um, and tough fishing cold water can sometimes go hand in hand. So that micro jig is going to be a cold water killer, but I don't want people to, to look at that jig and say, it's just a wintertime jig. Yeah. Uh, I can, I can tell you that just last year, a South Dakota event was one that sticks out. Um, it, it was this fishery that was weird for us because everybody thought we were going to go there and smoke them. Mm-hmm. I'm not kidding. You. Like we were all sitting around talking, Oh, what were you going to be burning a two ounce spinner bait? Oh yeah. You're going to be fishing a 14 inch jerk bait. It's going to be so easy. <laughs> yeah. And it, it didn't turn out to be that. It turned mm-hmm. out to be a grind and that micro jig smashed them there. So I think it's a combination of forage size and tough fishing make this little jig the bomb. And I, I'm going to be straight up honest with you. I, don't, I haven't said to any, anybody this publicly. I'm going to say it on, on your show. Because I know the rules on Ike Live, you have to be honest, and on your show, you that's have to be exactly honest. exactly yeah. There's no a lot of the very best things that I've helped these companies launch in the last few years. I straight up swanked from Japan when I was there three years ago. Yeah, I, I, I'm just going to straight up say it. You know, the Japanese have taken a lot of techniques from us over the years, and uh, I only felt like it was right to do that. But um, you know, yeah, absolutely. You about, well, hell, we gave them bass, uh, Mike. We gave exactly. them bass. Yeah, I mean, you talk about like, uh, talk about the Tokyo rig, you talk about yeah. Nico weight, and then this micro jig, they're all things that I saw when I was in Japan, and I and I watched guys uh, really jack their faces in with these lures that you don't see over here, so I'm glad, That's you awesome. know, we're, we're, I'm glad we're getting a taste of it, but dude, that micro jig, and, th- and this is the other thing I want people to know, it's a true finesse jig, I don't, I, unless you really see it in person, you don't realize how small that jig is. This isn't a baitcaster jig. This is a spinning. That, rod. I was going to ask that next. Yes. So spinning tackle. This this is spinning tackle. This is light line. Um, you know, this is a finesse tackle across the board. Uh, my, my favorite deal is you know a seven to seven and a half foot medium light spinning rod. Same kind of rod you throw like a wacky rig or a drop shot on. Um, light braid, eight to ten pound braid with a six to eight pound fluorocarbon leader. Cast it a mile. And there's just something about that bait. And I, I can tell you that when you get a bite on it, it's a lot like sort of like maybe like a, a flick shake or like a wacky rake. When you get a bite on it, 99% of the time, when you just reel into it, you're going to land that fish. Yeah, right and, in the roof of the mouth. Right in the roof of the mouth. And I love that. You know, the way that John built that little jig, it's got a 90-degree line tie. It's got a super, super sticky little tiny number one Japanese hook on it. Um, it's got a real light guard that you can put in or take out which i like okay you know, uh it, the situations like you know when you're ned rig fishing this micro jig is going to be like a, a um a bigger uh profile version of a ned right yeah. you know with a ned you drag and it kind of just does nothing but on this deal you can drag it and then when you stop it that little thin that's just a thin tiny little skirt just puffs 
when it stops. That's awesome. I'm, and I really, I really think it's going to be a game changer, man. I'm excited about it. I, I'm excited about it, dude. I've become uh, everybody at FLW, the, especially all the media guys, they give me a hard time because they say I always have a spinning rod in my hand, like I can't cast a bait caster uh, or something. But <laughs> I really like I, I think with today's fishing pressure. Uh, and I've always been, you know, a finesse guy, but I also, you know, growing up on the Tennessee river, you're meeting potatoes, you're flipping, you're cranking and all that stuff. But yeah. dude, I love, yeah. I love catching a fish on six and seven pound line. Like I just do. I, I think maybe I should have been born on Lake Shasta or something, but, uh, instead of the <laughs> Tennessee river sometimes, but I can't wait to, to throw that jig, man, your other jigs, uh, the missile stuff, John and them have, have absolutely they're killing it but uh the the mini flip is one of my go-to dude i love that you guys did a hell of a job with that jig too yeah, that's the, the mini flip was was great i, I you know it, it's it's uh, like some companies get mad when they when when they see a company copy yep but, yep you know when that mini flip came out i watched about three other companies launched that jig yep. in their own version yeah I was, I was flattered i think john was flattered too because we're like Damn, we got it right. When you see companies doing that's that, right. you know you got it right. So I, I'm, I love it. I think the mini flip's a great all-around jig when you want a smaller profile, but you're still power fishing with yeah. a baitcaster. Yeah, that's 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 a good jig to throw. Yeah, it's a, and, and this time of year, you know, like you're saying, cooler water temperatures, maybe you got to finesse them a little bit more at times. Um, you know, that's a that's a killer jig. We man, we, our lakes are they just get so much pressure, man. And yeah. uh, and I and I catch myself throwing a little ball head jig. You know, swindle. Swindle's all about that uh, ball head oh, yeah. finesse style, but I I have in in recent years I've gone more to that that mini flip that little profile with a bigger hook in it than even the ball head and uh, catching yeah. a lot of fish. But uh, so, dude, I got I got to say this while I'm I'm rolling because my boys Hudson and Ryder in particular um, they're they're huge Mike Iconelli fans just like uh, just like their dad and yes. uh, and so Ryder my seven year old. Um, I thought you would find this funny. So Ryder, he he fished my city. He he we DVR'd every episode and you know supporting supporting Mister Mike Iconelli, yes. like he says. So he he loved it. But the episode, I was actually telling Brian the Carpenter this. We we're watching it, and this this shows me how fishing is changing. You know, my eleven year old knows you because you're Mike Iconelli, the the tournament bass guy. Um, you know, one of the top tier guys of all time. And then my seven-year-old really doesn't, he doesn't keep up, dude. He doesn't, I mean, yeah. he doesn't know. I mean, Swindle and Strader are two of my closest friends in the world and they're around a lot and they he don't have a clue what they freaking do. He just thinks they're funny right. rednecks, you know, he doesn't know. <laughs> yeah. So I'm sitting there watching and it was the Miami episode and you had the uh, Monster Mike, who I don't yeah. know because I'm not a big YouTube guy. Like I don't, yeah. you know, and he walks in the room, he goes, dad, it's Monster Mike. It's Monster Mike. And I went, okay. And he goes, he sits down, he starts watching the show, and I'm like, and he's like, and then, you know, later on, he's like, man, Mike Iaconelli's awesome. And it was funny, but it, like, bridged this gap for he and I. Yeah. That was really, it was different. So, it, you know, it's it's hard to explain, really, but everything's changing. You know, you and I, uh, you and I grew up uh, in a similar fashion, like, Bassmaster magazine. We've talked about it. we're old school like yeah. bass heads, fish heads. You you studied Bob Cobb, TNN Bassmasters. You know you're you're all over that stuff. The old school stuff, dude. This new generation, they're not necessarily tournament fishermen, they're and not. they're not. But they they have the same passion we have, and I think that's yeah. a really important thing because I think with all the changes going on inside our little world, the tournament world. 
which is a large part of the freshwater fishing industry. Let's not kid ourselves. But at the, at the same time, not everybody gives a damn about what we do in tournaments, right. yeah. but everybody likes to fish to a certain extent. So I think we've got to keep that in perspective. I think you do it. And I said that before you came on, I think you do as good of a job with that as anybody ever has in this sport, other than maybe Bill Dance. Truly, truly. I appreciate that. that. Dude, you're you're an educator. You've brought in, you you make it exciting. But, uh, you know, I I think that that is very important because you see see the message board chatter that, you know, the mom's basement comments, as I like to say, but about which organization's best. And everybody gets (laughs) caught up in this crap. But, dude, the most important thing is we need to keep people just fishing. And whatever it takes to do that, even if it is like when you're when you're on your show and you're you're going around catching just random sp- dude, just catching fish is fun, and we need to keep it there as much as as much as anything. So I gotta applaud you, dude, for being that guy. That's 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 uh, something I I respect big time and uh, and and look up to very much. So um, so I've got I've got to uh, I gotta ask you a, a couple things. Um, I, I try to avoid this on my show just because I feel like this fall has just been completely overran with this. But uh, <laughs> you made you made it's it, it got comical. Uh, but you made the switch to the BPT, and I know that was long talked about. And I don't even you know everybody knows why decisions were made. And and guys, I feel like um, made made the best decisions for them themselves and their families for sure. Yeah, and I think yeah. it changed the industry for the better. I know it's yeah. open dialogue between me personally with FLW and the anglers. We got a lot of things changed um, that we that we weren't okay with, and I know Bass is trying to make a massive change. And um, yeah. you know, maybe maybe too little, too late, right? Because a lot of guys left, but they're listening. Okay, so no matter how it had to happen, um, it, it's a good thing. But uh, I don't even want to talk about that. I just want to ask you, what do you think about a the format? And what do you think about B, the, the schedule so far? Yeah, um, two good questions. And, and I agree with everything you said. You know, there's so many people out there that when all that went down a few months ago, you remember the chatter and oh, you know, yeah. it, was all, it was all doom and gloom. Oh, this yeah. is the end of the world and bass fishing. And, and I, I take the other approach. I agree with what you said. I think it's probably one of the best things that could have ever happened to the sport, right? It, it's, it was a bolt of lightning that was needed. It's going to provide more opportunity for people to get involved. It's going to provide more opportunity to watch the sport at different levels. So, you know, Absolutely. I'm not taking any negative from it. At no. All. Um, uh, it's, it's going to be in the long run. We're going to look back on it, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20 years. And we're going to be like, dude, that was the, that was the, the moment. That, that was, was the it. time when things changed. Yep. That's good. Um, but you know, MLF for me, you know, a lot of guys, this, it's, it's going to be a new format. Oh yeah. It's going to be, you know, they're going to have to change their style. They're going to have to change the way they practice and prepare. You know, the great thing for me is I've been fishing, major league fishing for seven years. And around. done well. You know, lot, <laughs> yeah. And, and it's funny cause it sneaks up on you. A lot of people don't realize, you know, like what? Seven years. That's no, crazy. No, no, no. MLF's only a year old or a year too old. And I'm like, bro. I was, I was at an MLF event at Lake Amistad. Yep, years ago. the A-Rig tournament. <laughs> A-Rig yeah, tournament. Yeah, they're slinging yeah. A-Rigs, yeah. Yeah, but um, I, from a format standpoint, I like it. I like that it's a little different than what the other formats are, right? So I don't, I don't, I'm not the guy that's preaching that this should, you know, just change everything. Mm-hmm. I still like tournaments where you're fishing for five big ones. I still like tournaments where you bring them in 
to a, to an audience and you weigh them. I like that. But I also do like this MLF format um, where it's, you know, catch and release. It's total number of fish, total weight. Um, you know, I, I like that format. I like the rounds. I like the eliminations. Um, you know, um, if I'm doing shitty in a tournament, I don't want to stick around. If, I, if I'm doing crappy and I, and I suck, <laughs> let me hit the road. I'll, I'm with you. So, I'm with you. I'm a, I'm a sore-ass loser. Yeah, I want to be at the I, house. I don't want to stick around. So I like the format. Um, as far as my style, you know, I, I think for me personally, it, it fits my style better. I grew up in New Jersey. I swear a two and a half pounder in Jersey is a big one. That's like a good one. Talent, yeah. Especially on the Delaware river, two and a half pounder is a giant. So I, I'm used to catching a lot of little ones. I'm not very good at catching a couple big ones. So from a, from a style, it fits my style better. Um, but you're going to see it evolve too. I, I think what you see on paper right now with MLF in two or three years may be totally different. I, you know, I, I would agree with that. Just from knowing yeah. the people involved, I think it's trial and error right now, right? I think it. Yes. Maybe yes. it was, and I know you you've been, you know, like you said, involved for for seven years, and this thing feels to me right now, and I'm not I'm not speaking bad, of, but it it's it's a little rushed feeling, okay. Yeah. I think a little bit, but you've got a lot yeah. of smart people involved, but it is a little like they're having to feel their way a little like a blind man in the dark. You know what I mean? When you're starting something from yeah. the ground, it's not going to be successful overnight necessarily, even though yeah. you have all the biggest names and you have, it, it's going to be interesting to see. It will without a doubt be like you said, the, the moment we look back on 10 years from now and go, damn, remember, remember when that happened? Because it will just become the norm. Uh, but, but right now it's like, it's a little, uh, it's a little helter skelter, <laughs> like the schedule. And I think, yeah. I think everybody just wants to see the schedule like drop. Hey, these are all the lakes, but I think it's just, there's a lot, there's a lot more that goes into it than that. I've been actually calling it, uh, the super sneaky, uh, underground society tournament. I feel like Boyd is just like in a basement somewhere, uh, with like my candlelight with a map out, throwing darts at it. <laughs> trying to pick lakes and shit but uh <laughs> i don't know but i think it's going to be it's going to be good man and it was a uh, it was a complete rejuvenation but I, what what i what i wanted to ask you on the schedule so toho a lot of a lot of small fish in toho even though it's known for the you know the 45 pound deal and it does have a lot of yep. big ones but you know like i know florida is very misleading if yeah. if you've never been there um, yeah, it, it looks good on paper sometimes, but Florida can be a damn animal, uh, in itself. Um, lots of fish, lots of big fish, but those big fish are hard to come by. Um, the tournament to me that's interesting is Conroe. And, and the reason being, I was talking to Jason Christie yesterday about this and he was like, Conroe doesn't have a lot of little fish. You know, Conroe about as well as anybody. You've had some great success at Conroe. What do you think? I mean, that, that style down there, it's going to be kind of, Kind of interesting, right? It's gonna it's gonna be interesting. It's definitely not a place with a bunch of one and two pounders like a Toho. You know, you mentioned Toho. There are a ton of males in Toho. You, yep. know, you, can, you can get into a bay and catch twenty two pounders really quick. Oh uh, yeah. Conroe does not necessarily have that, uh, but but you know the great thing about MLF with breaking it down into rounds is you have smaller fields. You know, at the most, yep. and the most at the first two elimination rounds. You're only going to have 40 boats. It's amazing. Um, it's, you know, a lake like Conroe is going to fish really big. Mm -hmm. um, 
I like that. I like that you're going to be able to get on a little deal to yourself. You're going to be able to run a pattern. Um, you know, you're going to need a couple big ones in the mix there uh, for sure to, to hang. But but Conroe to me is the perfect size for a 40 boat field. Oh, you know, yeah. it's, it's not too many. It'll spread out well. And that's the beauty of MLF and that small field is that we're going to be able to hit places that you guys can't. That, that the no doubt. Can't. Yeah. You know, we're really going to be able to, you're, you're going to see some stunners in the mix. And guys oh, yeah. are like, you know, they're, they're going to, they're going to really drop their draw and say, holy shit, why haven't guys, why haven't tournaments went here before? And the main reason is that field size. Exactly. You know? so, yeah. And I'm super awesome. jealous about that. Cause we're fishing, uh, I think like 379 boats this year. I'm not sure. It's something. <laughs> no, no, we're actually Bill, Bill said it on Ike live. He said 170. So we're going he 170. He was, he was proud of that. He is too. proud. Of, he's very he proud of that. And, uh, well, we started the year at 187 last year. So anything is better than that. And, uh, <laughs> the goal is 150 for next year. And hopefully we can, uh, keep going backwards instead of, instead of forward. But, uh, uh, so since it is Christmas and, and I've kept you a long time, I want to ask you a couple more things real quick. And I, I sure. first of all, I want to say, I, I really appreciate you doing this. Cause I know you're a very, very busy man. Yeah, this is great. And, Thank you for having me on. Oh, well, dude, awesome. I, I really, you guys have, uh, I love Ike live and especially the time I got to come up, I had, I had so much fun, but, uh, so in the spirit of uh, Christmas subject matter, what is the worst Christmas gift you have ever received? The worst, worst, Christmas, yes. The worst like Christmas that, you had to gift. fake your way through. Maybe like back in the day, you're in high school with with, with an old girlfriend, and their parents got you something, and oh, you're oh, just oh. like, oh god. But you got to act like you like, and you and you know the awkward moment where you have oh, to yeah. open it in front of the entire family. What's the worst oh, you could yeah. think? The worst gift you've ever received? Oh, that's a hard. One. <laughs> I, I think I've honestly had some I've blocked out, totally <laughs> blocked out of my memory over the years, but. I, I'm going to have to just go straight boring on this one. I, I can tell you for a fact that I've received clothing over the years and from people I've really loved. I'm talking about family members, even my wife, Becky. She might go back and listen to this podcast. She'll probably beat the crap out of me. But um, <laughs> there have been some clothes items over the years where you open them up and you're just, you're, you know. They're questionable. Like, what, what the hell is this? But you can't say that, right? You're like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, you know. <laughs> Um, so I, I'd have to say uh, clothes items is, is the worst, but okay. I can tell you the best. I don't know if that's the next question. No, that's, I, I like it. Give me the best. But I would like to tell you the best and I'll give you a quick version of long story. But when I was, this is going to, I'm going to date myself, but I was, a would say 12 to 13 years old. And this thing came out in the bass fishing world that was exciting and new, and it would give you an advantage over all the other anglers. And my big Christmas gift I put on my list that year, 11, 12, right around there, was the color selection. Oh, yes. And I got that, John, under the tree, bro. (laughs) And you knew when to use green pumpkin or black and blue right then. Black and blue, they had fluorescent colors on there. Yeah. I was kicking out chartreuse and methylate and all kinds of weird colors, man. It was awesome. That's awesome. That was, what, Dr. Stanley Mitchell or something? Like, didn't he invent that? Who I forget who invented that. I can't remember. I can't, Laura, was it? Laura, yeah, it was. No, it wasn't Laura, Kenyon Hill's dad, right? Kenyon Hill's dad. I think yeah, that's yeah. right. Lauren Hill, yeah. not uh, Stanley Mitchell, was uh, the youngest guy to win the classic. He was the but, youngest guy to win the classic. Yeah, back in yeah. the day. So that that's awesome. The color selector. I got an underwater camera one time when I was like seventeen. One of the first like. 
the cheap worst version of the Aquaview ever <laughs> that was like, sorry, Dad, if my, my pops listens to this, but he got it for me. And, dude, you might as well have just been watching a blurry TV, like when the, the, the adult channels when you're a kid and you're trying to see through the squiggly lines. It was like that. You couldn't see anything. It didn't oh, matter. But, God. dude, I idled around in a little aluminum boat dropping that thing like, hell, yeah, I'm going to find I never I never found anything. <laughs> um, that was my history with Aqua. But it was the cool – at the time, that was the coolest thing that I ever that I ever received fishing-wise. I was like, I am fixing to own this game. But, uh, <laughs> but no, it, I didn't. All right, one more thing. So I gotta, I gotta, I always post. Hey, send me, uh, send me questions for low budget live. And and this afternoon, I, I got on Instagram on the story asking for questions, and I and I got a question from a guy. Um, I think you know. Uh, he goes by uh, Stormtrooper. Uh, and yeah, sent, sent in a question and, and he was telling me in, in this message that, and, and I, I remember seeing this on your Instagram as well. You had an incident with a stingray <laughs> da- down there in the grand Caymans and you came out victorious. You had to do some hospital time, but I feel like you got the best of him, but he wanted me to ask, he said he needed this question asked, um, <laughs> that if what stung the worst, the stingray or losing the FLW cup to Greg Hackney by three ounces. Oh, the stingray. <laughs> <laughs> the okay. stingray hurt, definitely hurt worse because I tell you, Hackney, that one, that one hurt, but that one goes away pretty quick. Second place <laughs> at the time was still 100 grand. You were okay with that. I was okay, you know, so there's there's positive residual there. The stingray, there was nothing positive, bro. It was four hours of severe pain. It was like I was giving a baby out of my butthole. Dude, it was the worst thing I've ever felt in my life. I, I cannot even describe, I mean, I don't, I don't know what would be worse than that pain. And I'm, I'm, when it comes to pain, Luke, I'm going to just tell you, I'm a pansy anyway. Me I too. Really me I'm too. just a giant man pansy. Yes. But, I, dude, I've never felt anything like that in my life. It wasn't oh, until geez. they jammed the needle into the wound and, and just squirted lidocaine straight into it and <sighs> it finally came down. Oh, uh, my gosh. It, it was terrible. I, I, I'll lose a term to Hackney any day. Okay. Okay. So Stingray wins. Stingray. Stingray wins. All right. No Stormtrooper will be excited <laughs> to hear, hear that. Mike. Thank you so much, dude, for everything. Always, uh, you're the man. And tell Becky and the kids, I said, have a uh, Merry Christmas. You guys uh, have a good one. And uh, thank you so much, dude. Looking forward to seeing you. Probably be the classic, but uh, looking forward to seeing you there, man. Man, thanks for having me on the show. And I hope you have a wonderful holiday. Happy Christmas. A Uh, Merry New Year. And I hope all the fans have a good holiday as well. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Mike. Take it easy, Luke. Mike Iaconelli, right there, just doesn't get any better than that, folks. That's what LBL is all about, right there. Just uh, casual conversation with a really good dude, getting the info. That was awesome. That was awesome. Can't thank him enough for that. Uh, And I'll be honest with you, I throw a lot of different jigs, but – Got me wanting to go out there and throw that little micro jig around. <laughs> Jeez, that thing sounds cool. Uh, I've seen the pictures, uh, the post of that little uh, little micro jig. And uh, shout out to John Cruz and them, man. Missile baits in general. They, they do a good job. Those are good guys over there. 
Uh, I've known John for a very, very long time, and those are good people. Very, very good people. So uh, I'll leave you with that. I, I can't top that. I can't top Iconelli and a Stingray. I, I can't top that. It can't be topped this week. Merry Christmas. I hope you have a good one. I hope Santa's good to you. Uh, I hope you enjoy time with your loved ones. You get to recharge your batteries. I know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to. I'm going to enjoy that. And uh, take care, everybody. And uh, if you get a chance still to make a difference in somebody's Christmas that might not be having as, uh, as fortunate of a Christmas as you, go, go do that. Go do that. It's never a bad idea. Never a bad idea. Thank you all for everything, uh, for listening. This deal has been a lot of fun for me in uh, this year and the last few weeks, and it's awesome to see the feedback, read the feedback, read the comments, and, uh, you know, see that you guys are listening. Thank you. Just thank you. And uh, Merry Christmas. All I can say, I will let you know whether there will be an LBL next week or not. We we may have the squad together for a squad's Christmas celebration post-Christmas. And if that happens, there will be a low-budget live. If that happens. But until then, I'll let you know. Guys, take care. Merry Christmas. From his second wife, Mary Of course it brought his new wife, Kay He talks all about AA Chain smoking while the stereo plays Noel, Noel, the first Noel Caught the turkey, turned the ball game on Mixed margaritas when the eggnog's gone Send somebody to the quick pack store We need some ice and an extension cord A can of bean dip and some dying rides A box of tampons, some Marlboro lights Hallelujah, everybody say cheese Merry Christmas from the family life that has the stories to back it a life to be proud of it's a winchester life yeah baby six eight western oh, mule there baby right there tune in every tuesday at 7 p.m eastern on waypoint tv don't miss mondays with into the blue brought to you by academy sports and outdoors every monday night from 7 to 10 p.m eastern on waypoint tv the destination for outdoor entertainment